If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you're subscribed. That way you'll get to know when every episode is dropped beforehand. Apple or Spotify, hit that subscribe or that follow button. Make sure you're tuned in to the show. This is a podcast episode for anybody who is thinking right now about starting a business. If you haven't done it, if you're working a nine to five, and if you've got a business brewing, you want to listen to this. You're listening to Making It with John Davids. I'm going to talk about the red flags that I see all the time, and I can spot them from a mile away, of people who are what I'll say entrepreneurs and not entrepreneurs. And that doesn't mean they can't be entrepreneurs. They can be, and they will be. And I think at some point in our lives, we're all entrepreneurs. But what is the difference between somebody who wants to do something, who wants to take the leap, maybe start their own business, start their own side hustle, do something for themselves, and those who never actually do it? The ones who get the job done between those who talk about it for 10, 20, 30 years, and then when they're old, they say, oh, geez, that, that, you know, that would have been good, but I never got around to it. I can sniff out people that are trying to do something but are on the wrong path and by the way, you could also be actually doing it, but doing it all wrong and making very, very common mistakes that are going to lead to the pitfalls that a lot of us have been through. I've certainly been through some of them. So I'm going to talk about six things that I see that are red flags for me. And maybe you are experiencing some of these yourself, and this will help you course correct. Maybe you're seeing some of these in your friends or family that are trying to do it. Or maybe you'll spot these as you associate with entrepreneurs down the line. The first red flag that I see is people who say they're going to start a business are working on starting that business, and the things they're doing are totally unrelated to making money. Let me make one point very clear right now. When you start a business, the most important thing to do on day one is make a sale. Once you figure out what you're selling, roughly how you're going to sell it, where you're going to sell it, what you're going to charge for it, once you have those basic ingredients down, you need to sell. And I'll tell you what some people do. Some people talk to trademark lawyers. They want to get a trademark. Some people have beautiful stationery made. They want to have pens with their company's name on it. They want to have a notepad with their logo, that water bottle that says their name right on the side there. They want to talk to a lawyer. They want to pay high-priced lawyers a lot of money for lots and lots of questions. Here's the reality. None of that matters on day one because in all likelihood, 95% likelihood, whatever you're doing, you're going to change. You're going to pivot. That brand that you're building, that brand name might change. That product you're selling, you might talk to your first 50 customers and say, you know what? I shouldn't be selling this. I should be selling that. There are so many unknowns when you start a business. The very, very first thing you need to do is try to sell. And you know what? Most of your early sales are going to fail you're not going to sell successfully. You're actually going to try to sell. You're going to embarrass yourself. Reed Hoffman, I think it was, who said, if you're not embarrassed by version one of your product, then you probably weren't experimenting enough. You should be embarrassed. You should look back at the business that you had, at the product you were selling at the very beginning, two, three, four, five years ago. And you should say, geez, that was, that was a little embarrassing. I can't believe I, I did that in public. I, I, can't, I can't believe I let people see that. I certainly feel that way. I look back at the stuff I did when I was in my 20s. Oh my Lord, it was embarrassing. I can't believe I actually did that in public. But that's how you learn. You get out there, you create a quick and dirty product, and you try to sell it. You try to make sales. 
That's how you learn quickly. If you're spending time talking to lawyers, getting trademarks done, making swag, look, there's plenty of time for that down the line. If you're bootstrapping something, especially, you need to get out there, hit the floor, and hit the floor running. Everything else is irrelevant. It's just noise. Okay, the second red flag that I see all too often is new entrepreneurs who keep their idea secret. They keep the idea secret. Hey, what are you working on? Oh, I, I can't tell you. It's, a, it's on the down low. Oh, it's, a, it's such a great idea. It's amazing. I can't, I, can't, I can't let the cat out of the bag. I can't let you know what it is. You think your idea is so groundbreaking that I'm going to steal it? You have no clue what it takes to build a business. The idea is 5%. The other 95% is execution. If you think that the person you're telling it to is going to have the passion, the know-how, going to put in the research, going to put in two, three years, four years of their life to get this thing off the ground, and you're thinking that the idea is going to make them do it. I mean, unless you have the cure for cancer, or unless you figure out how to turn a piece of plastic into food, I don't know what in the world you would have as an idea that is so groundbreaking. Believe me, I've heard groundbreaking ideas. I've talked, I was up for, for dinner a couple of nights ago with a buddy of mine, just sold his business, uh, a sales enablement company, just sold his business for $300 million. Okay. This is a tried and true entrepreneur. This guy's made it. This guy's done it all. And we were sitting at dinner and he was like, John, I have this really, really cool idea for my next business. I, this, and this is a guy, a guy who can actually do it. He just sold his last company for 300 million. Whatever comes out of his mouth next is probably going to be an idea that's worth nine figures. You know what he did? He told it to me. He told, without hesitating, he told it to me. He told it to me. And I'm a guy who builds million dollar businesses. So here's a guy who knows the value of his idea, telling it to another guy who can execute it if I really wanted to. And you know what? It was a great idea. It was actually a really cool idea. It was in the uh, online accounting space. And it was such an amazing idea. And he just gave it to me because the idea is really not worth very much. It's all in the execution. And I'm going to give you some examples right now. I'm going to give you some awesome ideas. Okay. Think about this. How about an online network that connects college students? How about an app that lets you summon a taxi with a click of a button? How about a streaming service with movies and TV shows? What about a website where you can buy books or you can actually buy anything you want off the website? Okay, I just gave you the ideas for Facebook, Uber, Netflix, and Amazon. And if you had these ideas before these companies were launched, do you think that you could have just built it? I mean, really, do you think that you could have built it? Maybe you could have, by the way. I'm not saying you couldn't have, but be honest with yourself and ask yourself if you could have built it, if you could have put in the knowledge, the know-how, the background that you had, the background knowledge, the life experiences, if you could have raised the capital, if you could have dropped everything else you were doing and spent years and years and going through all the challenges and all the crap that these founders had to go through and build those companies. Maybe you could have, but most of us could not do it. The idea is a dime a dozen. It's all about execution. When founders say to me, oh, the idea is a secret, I think to myself, you know what? You're losing an opportunity because I'm somebody who could put your idea through the blender. I could put it through the ringer. And there are lots of other folks who could do the same thing. They could really test your idea out. Make sure you've thought about it from every angle. You need to socialize ideas because the ideas with the right input will allow you to make it better and better and get faster and faster at improving. So do not keep your idea secret. I would encourage you to 
tell people the idea, ask for critical feedback, and get better as a result. The third red flag that I see is entrepreneurs who haven't taken the time to validate demand. Now, I've done Twitter threads on this. I did an entire podcast on this. I think it was called How to Build a Business Without Failing or How to Build a Business Without Taking Any Risk, something like that. I've done podcast episodes on this. I've talked about it quite a bit. There are ways to validate demand before you build anything. We've all heard of the MVP, the minimum viable product. I like the MVC, the minimum viable concept. I like to take my concepts and measure them and validate them before I build anything. And the way to do that very briefly is to essentially create a fake landing page on the internet, run Google ads or Facebook ads with the ad copy that you would use to promote that fictional business, that minimum viable idea of a business. And when people come to your website, you capture their email address and you say, idea coming or company coming soon. Basically, what you're doing is you're validating demand. If I run ads for this, is there a lot of insatiable demand? And once I have those email addresses, once I understand that there are some people coming in, I talk to them. I drop them an email or I give them a call and I say, you know what? This business is actually in development. I would love to just pick your brain for five minutes. If you want, I'd love to talk to you. I'll send you a Starbucks gift card if I could have a half hour of your time. You know, That's how you validate these ideas. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that for every business. Some businesses are already established. Another way to validate an idea, here's another quick tip for you. Take a business that already works in another geography, in another region, in another category. Right? If something, if there's a concept that works out in Cincinnati, hey, maybe it'll work in Oklahoma. Maybe it'll work in San Diego. Maybe it'll work in Massachusetts. Right? So there are ways to actually validate demand before you build lots of stuff. And I like to see people validating before they spend a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of money. If you can validate an idea, then I know that you've taken the time to really pressure test your business before you've wasted a lot of time and energy on it. Okay. Another red flag. This is an obvious one, but a lot of people make this mistake anyways. When someone tells me they've been working on something for two years, three years, four years, and I say, cool. Let me see it. What is it? Oh no, it's still in beta. I'm still testing it. Well, what is it? Like, you know, let me see. Let me let me play. What is it? An app or it's a it's a food? Is it a packaged good? Or you start a service? What is it? Ah, uh, it's still under wraps. I'm still working on it. You know, I've been been working on it. I've been tinkering it for three or four or five years. Look, ideas have a shelf life. You got to get them out there. This is actually you can do a one-two punch. I've been working on it for three years and I'm keeping it under wraps. Okay, great. So now your idea is a secret and you've been working on it for years and years. There's a girl I went to high school with. I remember we were talking. This is like just after high school. We were, you know, I think we took a business course together and she was talking about how she was going to create this business. And she was very vague about it, but she's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like this, but better. And she picked some, you know, big app and she was like, it's going to be this, but better. And I actually ran into her like two years ago. We've been out of high school for a long time. And I said, Hey, Julie, how's it going? Like, what's going on with that app you're building? Did that ever launch? I remember you told me about this in, in high school. She said, Oh, I'm still working on it. I swear to you, I'm still working on it. Are you kidding me? It's been more than a decade. You're still working on it? You're still, but I mean, listen, put aside the fact that the app that it was based on is irrelevant, it's extinct, it's gone. You're still working on an idea from a decade ago. Listen, that idea. If you haven't done it already, you need to take it behind the barn and shoot it because ideas have a shelf life. 
Your energy is not infinite. Your interest is not infinite. You're not going to be working on this with passion for years and years and years if you haven't even done anything. It's hard enough for an entrepreneur to keep interest in their business up once their business launches. You try running an actual business for five, seven, 10 years and try to keep your passion up over that time frame. Imagine doing that, but you never even launched the thing. Okay, listen, that is not a real business. That is not an entrepreneur. If you've been working on a concept, nursing this concept for years and years and years, that is a red flag and I don't want to go anywhere near it. I don't even want to talk about it. This next one is actually more common than I'd like to admit. And I actually think this probably affects like 90% of the people who have great ideas, who have great execution, who have great potential, but just never get it off the ground. And that is they just make excuses. They just make excuses. The manufacturer never got back to me. I had a great idea for a product. I called the manufacturer. They never got back to me. I haven't found the right time to get it going. You know, I've just, I'm so busy. I've got work. I got kids. I got these hobbies. I'm watching this great show on Netflix. I don't have time to do it. I don't have the money. It takes money to start this stuff. I don't have money. Where am I going to get the startup capital? I got other commitments. Look, there are a hundred things standing in your way all the time. It's the same story with 99% of other entrepreneurs. I'd I'd actually say 100% of entrepreneurs. The only entrepreneurs that don't have things standing in their way are those that are literally handed businesses. And in that case, I would say you're not really an entrepreneur. There's no risk there. You need to knock through those walls. You've got to go over, under, around, or through. But one way or the other, an entrepreneur doesn't let anything stand in their way. If you haven't heard back from, from the manufacturer, reach out to 30 more. If you can't find the time, cancel your Netflix subscription. Maybe wake up a little bit earlier, go to bed a little bit later. Those extra two hours in the day, that's enough to get started. You don't have the money? I launched my first business with $300. I mean, I had no money. I think I had $300. And then within a week, I had negative $300. I think I owed $300 a week later. So listen, all these things, and I get it, different people, different points in their life, different circumstances. I'm not saying any of this is easy. And I'm not saying there aren't challenges that are really, really hard to get around. But here's how you have to think about it. You're taking steps. Every step, every little step counts. So if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're working nine to five, guess what? Try to carve out an hour a day to socialize, to network with other entrepreneurs, to test your idea, to battle test your idea, just to make a little bit of progress. And then maybe after a year of doing that, you launch it as a side hustle and you bring in an extra 100 bucks a month in revenue. And then a year after that, with your 1,200 bucks, you maybe spend another hour or two a day or a weekend, and you start going out on weekends, and you start scaling that business. And then maybe that $1,200 turns into $2,500, turns into $10,000, turns into $50,000. I've seen this step-up process happen. I did an episode talking about why you shouldn't take venture capital and how to build a business without venture capital. And this is all about step-by-step Maybe you do something and you have $5,000. Then you reinvest that $5,000, you have $50,000. You reinvest that fifty, you have $100,000. You have $500,000. If you guys ever read the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, you can make mistakes with money and you can lose the money. But the greatest thing about money is that it is a renewable resource. Money is a renewable resource. When you spend money and you invest in something and you lose it, 
guess what? You can make it back. You can make it back. You cannot make up your time. Time is an unrenewable resource. It's a non-renewable resource. You cannot make more of it. So stop wasting it. I'd rather you waste money than time when it comes to your business. Because money you can make back, time you can't. So stop making excuses. It's never going to be an, an ideal time. You've got to get going at some point. Okay, the last one here is actually one I think about when it comes to folks that actually have a bit of money and have the luxury, have the privilege, as I say. I've seen this happen where you have rich people. There's a buddy of mine, I'm not going to mention his name because he's a great guy. He probably listens to the podcast. But there's a buddy of mine who's got a lot of money. He makes a lot of money. He's got a, he's got a business that he owns. And he's always experimenting with these startup ideas. It's always like you know, a, a SaaS product or an app or this or that. And his problem is that he has a lot of money. That's right. His problem is that he has a lot of money. And so what does he do? He goes out and he hires high-priced developers. He hires agencies. He hires product design firms. He actually hires these people to do the work that an entrepreneur should be doing early in the morning, late at night, on weekends. He hires other... He's, he outsources the work. Now, why is this a problem? Well, A, when you outsource work like that, what you're actually doing is bringing on people who should be co-founders. They're not co-founders. He brings on people that are not incentivized in a way that aligns with him. They are freelancers, contractors. They want to get the job started. They want to get the job finished. They want to get their paycheck. They want to get out. Someone who's a founder wants to tinker and iterate and pivot and tinker and iterate and pivot and optimize and go through those exercises, build that muscle. The second reason outsourcing all this development early on is a problem is that the number one asset a startup has in its earliest years is knowledge. You learn quickly. You learn, you iterate. You learn, you iterate. The best startups a year, six months, a year, a year and a half in, when they just start getting that real product market fit and they start to scale, what do they have? They have tons of domain knowledge. They know everything. They've done it all. All right, I can tell you in my businesses, I can tell you all the mistakes. I can tell you all the ways to fail because I've done it. Right, That knowledge early on, if I had just outsourced all the development early on, all the stuff that you, all those mistakes that you make, it would be like outsourcing your childhood. Right? Imagine you never had your heart broken. You never had a friend betray you. You never knew what it felt like to win a trophy or to win an award. You just, you just outsourced all of that. I'm just going to outsource everything. Well, listen, you outsource the learning. You don't become somebody who has character, who has knowledge, who has an understanding, who has wisdom, who can make judgment calls. You need to do that yourself. So when I see people outsourcing, especially when they're hiring high price suppliers, developers, agencies, all kinds of people, that is not how you build a business that is a major red flag. Yes, you will need other people. You will need expertise, but you've got to be down in the gutter. You've got to be down in the trenches. You've got to be getting the, your knees scraped. You've got to be getting your elbows raw because you're, you're crawling down in the gutter. You've you got to shower when you're done because you're dirty and you're smelly, but you did it. You come out and you've got the battle scars you know what you're doing. That is how you become a real entrepreneur and a real founder and someone who is able to build a big company because you've done it and you've learned it and you've got the scars to prove it. 
Those are six things that I look at, six red flags, and I'm sure there are so many more. I want to hear what you think. Get me on Twitter at RealJohnDavids, R-E-A-L-J-O-N-D-A-V-I-D-S. Let me know what you think, and I'll talk to you guys soon.